Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm pleased to be joined by the ant to my deck. How's it going, Mr. Greg? It's very good, thank you. I'm good. Good, and you are we're recording this at what, 10 o'clock on Tuesday, and that's because you've been so busy recording other podcasts. You've been moonlighting. I've been moonlighting again, yes. Yeah, so I was on the Celtic, the Homeboys podcast, previewing this weekend's Johnson B. Celtic match. So, not a match I'm looking forward to watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll come on to that later on the podcast. That looks like it could be a tricky one for St Johnson. Uh, but this week we're going to focus on our own uh, bets this week, particularly in the SPFL Premiership in Scotland, because there's no Belarusian football for us to look at in their top division this no, weekend. It's Cup weekend in Belarus, which is a real shame. Um, I think the season is starting to take shape really well as we move into the last quarter of the season getting very tight at the top I think Bat Borisov are still leading the way but some really good results at the weekend and it was pleasing to see um, the Belarusian nap trap again at the yep. weekend courtesy of a 94th minute corner yeah, we've not, not had many of those we've not had any at all in September we've not had any late winners land in the last minute of matches so it was really nice to get that corner on on Saturday Yep, and that was part of a full house on last week's podcast. Four out of four, including three bets in Scotland, which all won as well. Yeah, it was a terrific weekend. I know, I think, the first couple of weeks in September were quite tough for punters around. But, yeah, we finished the month really strongly. And I like to see um, this weekend, last weekend's tips come in on, across, what, Saturday and Sunday, across the three matches in Scotland. Yeah. Yep, and they all won pretty well as well. I think the all bets were in pretty early on. Yeah, they did. I think the Hamilton United game, I think that was what, sitting at eight corners at half time or seven at half time. That was in by about 54 minutes. It was 13 uh-huh. in the game. Um, Motherwell was in after, what, I think maybe an hour or so. They got seven in the end. And Hebs landed in, inside half an hour at Celtic Park to, to hit four or more corners at six to four. Which I think we flagged up as a terrific price yeah. uh, to get four corners for him. And I think they hit five in the end. Um, so, yeah, they all won very well, actually. It's a really, really good weekend. Yeah, and that Motherwell one's a really good example of something we touch on regularly in the podcast where a team is quite a big price. Um, in the end, Motherwell would beat 5 1, but they still racked up a fair number of corners. And we managed to get on over three and a half at 65. Yeah, just because I hope they're not listening. They probably are <laughs> listening. But it's just a market that just keeps delivering. And I think the bookies just don't know how to price up these games. Yeah. I think, like you say, how many times now have I tipped a team to hit four corners and they've been battered 5-0, but mm-hmm. they've still managed to hit five or six corners in the game? And it's a, game, it's a bet that lasts the full 90 minutes, and there's nothing better than a double corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than a goal. And it's better than it, a goal. <laughs> we've had it tonight again. You had tipped uh, Molde to get... Uh, five or more corners in their game at Ferenc Faros on your members channel on Telegram and they delivered with about 15-20 minutes to spare as well. Yeah, I think the 75th minute and I think the, the kind of rationale behind that game was it was nicely poised. I think it was 3 all from the first leg. Moda had to win the game to get through to the Champions League group stages for the first time. So I think there was a very good chance that Moda would, would have to have a go at some point. And I think the longer the game went on, the more they had to attack. And yeah, yeah I think they hit six in the end, didn't they? 
Yeah, worked out perfectly, so well done on that. Um, just before we leave last week's podcast, we'd also flagged up a few other bets which which landed. We had suggested there might be goals at Fur Park. We thought Aberdeen looked probably the best bet at Ross County, and we also thought Kelly were value at St Mirren as well. So uh, I think we're entitled to a wee slap on the back after last no, week's podcast. No, we've done really well. I think even the bets that we're not putting in points associated to, I think we've been bang on the money pretty much most weeks since the season mm. started on the other kind of not recommendations as such but just pointers in the other games because it is a really difficult league to bet on it's very competitive there's not much between what eight or nine of the teams in the league so I think at the moment having a look today match day 10 coming up and I think so far to date I'm sitting at eight out of my 10 Scottish snaps I've won which I'm really pleased about because obviously I'd always kind of say that the Scottish Premier League was my kind of bread and butter yeah. in terms of trying to get winners so it's good to see that um, a strong start to the season so far Yeah and the Betfred Cup and the lower leagues are edging ever closer the Betfred Cup kicks off next midweek so that'll be something to look forward to as well Absolutely and I think we'll be doing a lot on the channel um, for that in terms of previewing the the start of the Championship League 1 and League 2 and also yep. the Betfred Cup as well so lots to look forward to Can't wait um, yes. So <laughs> No pressure this week after bigging ourselves <laughs> up on last week, but uh, we'll have a good look at the games again this week in the, the Premiership. And just looking at the league table, it's starting to take a wee bit of a familiar shape um, in the in the Premiership. Do you mean that by St Johnston being joint 10th? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not not particularly, but now that you mention it. Um, no, I'm just talking about the top four. There's already a four-point gap between fourth and yeah. fifth. And uh, I suppose there's a few teams that you'd maybe thought Motherwell might have started a wee bit better. Ross County have probably started better than we thought they would. Um, but other than that, I think it's much of a muchness. Uh, Pretty much. Goal, fourth place. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, description of how things have panned out so far. Top four as it would be. Obviously, Celtic fans will be happy that they currently sit on top. Well, um, they don't. They don't. They're, they're a game in hand. Oh, game, in, oh, game in hand, so I've been very Napoli, assumptive right. there. It's going to be a straight battle between Aberdeen and Hibs, isn't it? For that third place. You know like what? That. See, for Aberdeen, for all their troubles at the start of the season, they've won five of their seven games. Yeah. yeah. They're sitting in a great place um, at the moment. I wouldn't say they're playing that well, but they're grinding out results and they've got two games in hand, albeit probably quite tough games they'll have anyway, but I think they'll be delighted to be sitting where they are after seven matches. Yeah, we'll start with Aberdeen. They bounced back really well last weekend, a 3-0 win at Ross County. Uh, keeps them up there. They are now just two points behind Hibernian uh, and they've got two games in hand. They'll be disappointed, I think, to have gone out um, of Europe to Sporting in midweek, uh, especially off the back of defeat to Motherwell. Um, yeah, it was a disappointing week for them. I, uh, I kind of really feel sorry for Aberdeen in terms of European football. They always, always the brides made never the bride. They, yeah. they always seem to falter in that last qualifying round, mm. and they always end up being drawn against a really good team. Yeah. So, yeah. not ideal. I think it'd be great to see Aberdeen make the group stages, but they just fell. Kind of short again. I think it's what I think I've seen a start. It's the sixth time in seven seasons they've they've been knocked out in the third round qualifier. That's a shame. Yeah, I mean a great club with a great European tradition and pedigree, and it would be great to see them have a wee run in the Europa League. But 
they just seem to fall short in terms of quality and I guess that wee bit of luck that you need in the draw as well so hard lines for them last weekend really tough to go to Sporting and, and try and get a result um, albeit I think they might have thought they might have got something out of that game but it wasn't to be so they play uh, St Mirren on Friday night and that's at Pataudry and we should just say that all the games were scheduled for Friday night this week um, Super Friday Celtic Rangers both progressed in their ties in the Europa League so their games have now been moved to, to Sunday so we have four fixtures on Friday which we'll have a look at first and as I say the first of those is Aberdeen v St Mirren Yeah I think St Mirren are having an absolute disaster aren't they I think there was a lot of optimism early doors they yeah. got a couple of really positive results but since then though they've just absolutely fallen off a cliff is that what is it five defeats on the spin now Yeah I'm just glad about I'm just glad, glad we got David McDonald from Pine Bovril on when we did before things yeah, went. Yeah, we'll need to speak to David to <laughs> get back on soon. You can give us a lowdown of what's happening in Paisley. Yeah. But it's been a terrible start. And I know they've had their issues around COVID and preparations for games. They gave Celtic a decent game, I think, midweek last week. Uh, but they've lost at home again to Kilmarnock. Yep. That was a match they really had to get something from. Mm-hmm. And they now travel to Aberdeen. You can't expect them to get anything from this game and it would be a massive shock if it was anything other than uh, an Aberdeen win and I think the prices reflect that I think yeah. at the moment Aberdeen are very short one, is it 1-2? Yeah not even 9-20 we bet 3-6-5 so yeah I mean it's Aberdeen are barely backable at that price no, either it, No absolutely not I think you're right I think Aberdeen still for me I know they scored three goals last weekend against Ross County but I think it's worth pointing out Vigo's got sent off relatively early in the match yeah. so that must have had a bearing on the, on the outcome because I wouldn't have had Aberdeen to score three goals in that game beforehand no. No. I still think they're short up front Aberdeen mm-hmm. I think they're relying on their midfield players scoring goals I think they scored another penalty the weekend as well so this to me has got the look of a scabby 1-0 or 2-0 win for Aberdeen I think yeah, I mean, Aberdeen have got a decent record in the fixture. Um, so you'd certainly maybe add them to an acre. But as I say, just a wee bit too short. Couldn't make a case for St Mirren to win here at all based on the results that they've had so far no. this season. Certainly that's now five consecutive defeats, six games without a win. Um, a home win, but not a back home win for me. Personally, for me, it, it takes the, um, the limelight off St Johnson's terrible start. <laughs> so long may it continue. <laughs> Yeah, I can see you and David McDonald fighting it out to the end for some <laughs> relegation, yes, the relegation battle. battle the Saints. Um, so, having said that, this is going to form part of a treble that you want to look at this week. It is, and I'm not doing a Connors treble purely for the fact that most McConnors bets landed last week. I think, as you know, I've heavily focused on Connors now since about March, um, probably since we started looking at Belarus and especially on team corner. So at some point, I'm going to look through the archives of the last six months and look at a record for backing teams, team corners. Mm. And it's definitely going to be our most profitable market, uh, a really good market to us it's been so far, and long may that continue. I just think in this game here, St Byrne are 1-2, I think, to hit three corners in this game, which I think is a very good price to chuck into an accumulator. Mm-hmm. Um, St Mirren have hit some pre- pretty decent numbers Aberdeen have conceded three or more corners in six of the seven games and I think three is a, a nice amount I know it may sound silly but there's a big difference between three and four mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be too keen to you can get them at 11 to 10 to hit four corners St Mirren 
and they might very well do that to be fair but I wasn't confident enough in backing that as a single but I think St Mirren are good value to hit three corners in this match um, given the fact they need to get a result <laughs> they need to get some sort of positive result or even a draw from this match so Aberdeen concede plenty of corners by the way concede plenty of corners and I think St Mirren's corner count this season as well has actually been pretty decent so I think for this game St Mirren to hit three corners at 1-2 to chuck into an accumulator um, is the call here Okay, so as I say, that will be the first leg of a treble that you want to look at on Friday. Um, next game we're going to have a look at is Dundee United, who I'm quite surprised to see as big as 29-20 at home against Livingston on Friday night. Yeah, I think this is a tough game, this one. I think United at home, they've got the goal-scoring machine, Lauren Shanklin, back. He scored 2-2. Two and two. Absolutely oh, no surprise there. Yep. Um, they'll be disappointed last weekend until they've got a draw at Hamilton, but... Especially having taken the lead early doors. Yeah, and I think, to be fair to Hamilton, I don't think Hamilton's performances this season have been that bad. Mm. I think they've actually been a lot better uh, performance-wise than a lot of us would have thought. So it's a really good point for Hamilton. But in terms of United, they've got one thing that a lot of clubs don't have, and I, I include my own team in that. They've got a goal scorer. Yeah. And at home, I think they're worthy favourites against Livingston. We know Livingston away from home are absolutely terrible. Abysmal. Um, it's abysmal. It's, I'm not even going to go into how bad they are away from nah, home, but we've, we've covered it plenty. We've covered it. It's three wins in thirty, I think it is, or something like that. Um, I think it'll be a tough game for United, though. I do think it'll be a tough game. Um, but the way that they're playing, I think at the moment they got that win um, two weeks ago, and they've now obviously got a, a decent point at Hamilton. Um, they're in decent shape for this game, and again on the corner front. I think United have been a real standout for corners this season so far, uh, home and away. They got five again at the weekend against uh, Hamilton. And again, I think they look really good value. What well, I say value. They look good. They look a good shout to hit at least four mm-hmm. um, on, on Saturday. Sorry, Friday night against uh, Livingston. So I think at the moment, I think you're needing six to get even money for United. And to be fair, I think they'll probably hit that. But I'm happy to take United to hit four or more. I think it pays one to four or one to three, but add that to to the treble. Um, next up will be the Motherwell match. Yeah, before we go there, I just would like to reiterate the fact that I think 29 to 20 for the United to win this looks like a proper value bet here. No, it does. You just maybe expect United to be around the 21 to 20 mark, maybe five to four. Mm. But yeah, I think they're almost getting six to four for that, which is really big. Um, Livingston. Terrific result last weekend, beating the mighty St Johnston. It's difficult <laughs> to beat them at the moment. So they scored two quick fire goals, and that was a massive result for them mm-hmm. um, to get back to winning ways. I, I don't think they've had as good a season as they'd hoped they'd have so far. But I think that said, United are probably worthy favourites. And, and as you've just called it a minute ago, it does look a really good price. Yeah, it's got Jim Delahunt written all over it, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's the kind of bet that Jim would definitely take in terms of looking for some value. I just think if you can get twenty nine to twenty on anyone to beat Livingston away, then you've got to entertain it. Especially with Shanklin back as well. Yeah, it's all kind of yeah. poised to set up nicely for a for a home in this one. Yep, Q a one now one for Livy. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, next up we're going to have a look at Comano v Motherwell, and I couldn't pick a winner if he paid me a grand in this one. Do you know what this game is? If you looked at this game maybe two or three weeks ago, um, it was two teams out of form. You wouldn't have touched this game. Fast forward to now, it's two teams that have actually 
gone on a bit of a run and mm. have seen vast improvement. I think Kilmarnock, for me, they've won three of their last five. So they hammered United 4 0, and that kind of kickstart their season. They've then beaten Hamilton at home at 10 men um, last two weeks ago, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And they've then gone to St Mirren. Never an easy place to go, and they've won 1 0. But when you look before that, though, there's been a lot of unrest amongst Kilmarnock fans about their start to the season. Yeah, but I mean, we, when, did, we did flag up the fact that their away record had been poor, or their record had been poor, but they had played the, the draw against Celtic, but they'd also... Um, so they played Rangers, they played, right? They lost played Rangers, they played Aberdeen. They played Aberdeen uh, in a game that, to be fair, they were, they're actually really competitive and probably should have got something from the match. They've then chucked it against St Johnston. They were 1-0 up with five minutes to go. Yeah, uh, with yeah. 10 men. So they could probably say to themselves, do you know what, we could probably be sitting on more than 11 points so far. Yeah. And they also, they've also lost at Hibs as well, so... Yeah, although, game. although on paper it looked like they had a really bad start to the season, which it wasn't not. great. Yeah, it's not been fantastic, but there's a wee bit... When you add the flesh to the bones of the results, then it's not been as bad as it probably looks in black and white. No, and I think you could compare that to three or four other teams in the league. I think Kilmarnock fans should be extremely delighted as to where they are now. and They're starting to win games. I think the pressure's definitely off... Um, their manager at the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dye was under, but not he wasn't under pressure. But no, but those questions were being asked. Yeah, there yeah. was. Yeah. On the so, on the flip side, I think it's a massive game for Motherwell as well. Motherwell going into this game, they've had a tough couple of weeks, which was touched on quite a bit in the podcast. But this is the last game for a couple of weeks because they don't play um, in the Betfred Cup coming up. So they actually. Right. They it's actually have a few weeks before an international break. Yeah, and a win so, in this one could take them up to what, fifth, depending on how other results go. Which all of a sudden, yeah, it's extremely tight, isn't it? It's not. Well, all of a sudden, it, it makes the, the start to the season not look half as bad. Half as bad, but if they lose it, they would find themselves what six points behind Kilmarnock already. Yeah, and just touching upon your point a second ago, obviously we backed Belshiva to beat at Motherwell last Thursday. In yeah. the Europa League, yeah. which I think in hindsight was an absolute steal yeah. at 17 to 20. But I think we also said, looking back over the last 10 days, it's been a pretty tiring 10 days for Motherwell. Mm-hmm. They've gone to Northern Ireland, they've gone to Aberdeen, and they got two good results at those two games. They've then played away yes. in Israel, yeah. and they then come back to play Rangers. Yeah. So it was yeah. no surprise to be fair to see them hammered 5 1. Mm-hmm. from Rangers last week so I think this is a match and you've called out they'll be wanting to get a decent result from this game and I think three points sets them up nicely it's a very tough game and I wouldn't touch this game on the win draw win market with anyone's nope. money <laughs> no. no but that said I think we've got a couple of angles that we're going to look at yeah no. that, we'll be, that we'll be sharing on the channel yeah, so we're going to if you're a member of Greg's channel you'll get a wee bit more detail on that on the channel Um are we going to add Motherwell to the, the treble? Yeah, so in terms of my nap, the nap will be shared in the channel, but in terms of this bet to add to the accumulator, I'm taking Motherwell to hit four corners here. So again, Motherwell been very impressive on the corner front. Um, I think seven of their nine games have seen over ten match corners. And I think they've, I think they've hit five-plus corners in three of their four away games. They've hit four or more corners in seven of their nine. So definitely one of the best teams in the league to bat for corners, Motherwell. 
and like you say, they, they got seven against Rangers on Sunday. So I think that for them to hit four away to Motherwell is again another good shout. So you add that to Sitmarin to hit three and Dundee United to hit four, it creates what I think is a very, very nice 74 treble. Yep, that looks pretty decent. Um, as you say, your nap of the week um, has already been shared with members on a private channel, so um, if anyone wants to have a look at that, then make sure you join us at gambler.co.uk. And the last game on Friday night is Hibernian v Hamilton. Hibernian very short at 4-11 to, to win this one. Behave. <laughs> um, Hibs went to Celtic Park last weekend. I didn't, I didn't see the match, but from what I hear, Celtic were excellent. And Hibs were very disappointing. Yeah, I think I think Hibs did okay second half. Sorry, first half created a few chances, but um, Celtic kind of powered through in the second half. So I don't think Jack Ross was too downbeat about no. the performance or the result, and nor nor should he be. They've got Celtic Rangers out the way now. Um, they'd also they've also played Aberdeen. So again, another another team that's got a couple of weeks. No, sorry, they've not actually. They've actually got some. Pretty decent looking Betfred Cup games coming up where Jack Ross might get to see a wee bit more of the squad. They play Brora Rangers, Cove Rangers, and Forfa in the Betfred Cricket Cup. scores, cricket scores. Should be, <laughs> yeah, you'd expect so before the return to action on the 17th. So they've got a nice wee run of fixtures coming up. If they can get a win in this one, it'll set them up nicely, I think. Yeah, I think anything other than a Hibs win here would be a massive shock, hence why they're 4 to 11. It does cause a bit of problems with trying to find value. Even the goal markets, you're only getting what eight to eleven for over two point five. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still unconvinced by Hibs for goals at the moment. Not so much um, attacking wise, but defensively, Hibs, as we know historically, have always been a bit of a, a bit of a shambles, really, defensively, especially <laughs> at home. But this season, though, Jack Ross has completely turned things around. They're far more assured at the back. They've got a pretty steady back four. Or, or back three and they play three five two, and they're not shipping many goals. I know they shipped three against Celtic and two v Rangers, but in their other games though, they're not losing many goals. So I think for this game here, you're probably needing Hibs to score three for that over two point five to come in, unless you, you think Hamilton can sneak a goal. So again, I don't think there's any value to be had on the the win draw win market or the goals market, but we've found a nice angle I think for this game in the corners market again. We've shared that on on the channel uh, with members. Yeah, I just want to flag up Alexander Gogic um, playing against his former team. He's twenty to one to open the scoring, and that's all I'm saying in the matter. I'll give you forty <laughs> to one right now. Okay. <laughs> many times, <clears throat> excuse me. Many times that you see it though, where a, a player who doesn't get many goals returns against his former club and somehow finds the net. So uh, yeah, Gogic is the sort of player that teams love to have. <clears throat> absolute hatchet man he won't be graced with great football and ability but he does the ugly stuff brilliantly yeah I think he's been a really good capture by by Hibs and obviously Hamilton will, will be sad to see him go well we heard it here first of course if he does score <laughs> I, won't, I won't shut up about it next week's podcast quite right does, I wouldn't either if he doesn't score then I, I don't need to mention it so it's a win-win for me uh, okay, so that's us covered the games on Friday. Uh, on Sunday, as you had mentioned previously, you've already discussed the St Johnson v Celtic match in great length on the Homeboys podcast. Uh, so we'll just have a wee quick look at it here. St Johnson, I can't think of a fixture, Greg, that has been so one-sided in the recent past. Well, as part of my 
professional preparation for tonight's <laughs> podcast, um, I pulled together some highlights of the last, let's say, 10 matches. So looking through the aggregate score in the last 10 meetings between the sides mm-hmm. in all competitions, the aggregate score reads Celtic 31 goals scored, Celtic 0 goals conceded. Wow. So I think that kind of gives you its own story. Um, we haven't scored against Celtic since August 2017. So three and a bit years ago since we last scored against them. Looking at the games in Perth, um, Celtic have won the last six, 1-0, 3-0, 2 6-0, 1-0 and 4-0. Now, I think Celtic haven't been firing on all cylinders this season. However, they've only dropped points once mm. and that was at Kilmarnock. Yes. And they're playing a side who have scored one goal in their last six games and have only scored four goals in all nine games this season, which is the worst in the league. Yeah. So I think you rightly pointed out, in terms of the angle for this game, Celtic are going to be very, very short. I had a look at the corners markets for this game and I wasn't fussed for us to hit four or more at 11 to 10. But I much prefer to have a decent price on three plus, which I think we will hit three, but I'm unsure about four. But you've found a nice angle, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, Celtic are one to four to win the game and I couldn't believe it when I seen that they were five to six to win to nil, given... The record that you've just mentioned, 31 goals without reply in the last 10 matches, and the fact that St Johnson have actually only scored in four of their nine matches so far this season, I just find 5-6 to six an incredible price at the moment uh, on Tuesday at almost half past 10. I totally agree. I think um, you, you know my feelings on the, the when the, this market, yeah, uh, it's not, to market. It's not a market we like. It. However, yeah. I've never seen a stronger case for a win to nil before. <laughs> um, I'm not backing it because I just don't like that market but if anyone's looking for an angle in the Celtic game at, yeah. around evens I think you'd struggle to find anything better yeah that's got to be it cue the St Johnston penalty in the first minute <laughs> yeah and you know what that can happen but I still think that if you back Celtic to win to nil at 5-6 to six over a period of time that's where the value comes in for me you know um, you back it knowing that a goal kills the bet but to me, it's still great value considering the fact that Celtic are one to four to win, but you can have five to six on them to win to nil. It's a no-brainer. Yep. Similarly, well, maybe not similarly, but Rangers play Ross County on Sunday, so they're one to nine to win the game, but they are just one to two to win to nil. And when you consider Rangers' really strong defensive record so far at the start of the season, that kind of gives you a wee bit of perspective on that five to six for Celtic to do it uh, in Perth on Sunday. Yeah, totally. And I think as well, I think Ross County are struggling at the moment. I think their good start to the season has helped them um, maintain their league position. But Rangers have been excellent at home. I think they've yet to concede at home, Rangers. They've been winning games quite comfortably, haven't they? Yeah. 2-0, 3-0. Any yeah, they're getting the job there? done. They're getting the job done. They should probably be scoring a lot more goals at home, actually. I do tend to find they do piss about a lot on the edge of the box almost trying to pass the ball into the net and walk yeah. it in. But in this game here, I think to win to nil at one to two, yeah. obviously not for too me. Short. Yeah, Far too short. short. But you've got to expect the Rangers to probably deliver the handicap bet on minus two. Not sure what minus two is. It's probably not even backable to be fair. It pointed minus three now. Um but I think you're looking at probably another really comfortable 
three or four no win for for the home side. Yeah, more than likely. I think the one caveat is the fact that Rangers have what looks on paper a fairly tough tie on Thursday night at home to what looks like an ageing Galatasaray squad, but should still give Rangers a bit of a, a run for their money. They are some really intriguing matches, isn't it? Because Galatasaray are not the team that they were no. five, ten years ago. They're, they're now just a name, really. Um, I mean, they've got some they've got some good names in the squad, but when you have a look through it, they've got Babel in his thirties, Turan in his thirties, Falcao in his thirties. You know, they look like a squad that's kind of nearing the yeah, end five team. It's like the fives on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> if only I was in my thirties, I wish. <laughs> uh, so I would still fancy Rangers to get through that one, but I just wonder how much emphasis Stephen Gerrard will put on that as opposed to the Ross County game on Sunday. I think Ross County's is the most important game. I think. Ask any Rangers fan, any league game at the moment will supersede any European game. Yeah. I think to get to the group stages would be great. Mm. And then obviously, revenue-wise for Rangers, it'd be fantastic. Anyway, I don't think Thursday's result will affect the performance or the result on Sunday. I think you're right. I think Rangers should comfortably beat the handicap. Yeah, I think minus two, minus three in this game. Um, I think... Cam, um, Ross County missing the Vigors through suspension from last week struggling a bit at the moment yeah a really comfortable home in here Okay so that's all six games in the Premiership we've had a look at now last weekend we also flagged up potential for penalties in the Premier League down south um, seven were awarded across four games and I must admit to get a wee bit excited after two games when two penalties had already been awarded, but, <laughs> but my uh, accumulator line never came to much fruition, unfortunately. Got a wee bit of money back, but not much more than that. Again, I think we would just flag up the fact that penalties are worth backing probably in the Premier League, given what you know some of the decisions that have been made down there based on the new rules and VAR and, and everything else. Certainly no shortage of controversy. I don't know what's happened in the English Premiership, because I think, as you know, I've, I've been critical of it over the years. Uh, but I must admit, I've actually really enjoyed it. The VAR issue seems to have disappeared in terms of the whole issue around VAR taking too long, goals being rolled out that shouldn't be rolled out. They seem to have kind of sort, sorted that out. The problem you've got now is there's a handball rule now, yeah. the penalty rule. Um, the volume of goals we're seeing in England at the moment in the Premiership is incredible. Yeah. Um, four or five goals a game. So if there's going to be four or five goals a game, then you're hoping that at least one of those goals will be a penalty. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's got to be still worth backing it. I think the price is going to disappear this weekend. If I kind of already had it the weekend a wee bit. I've seen, 74? I've seen some 74s when previous it was like 2-1, to 5-2. So the bookies are already getting wise to it. So well, Skybit will be anyway, we know that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably one to do with Skybit now. We don't mess around. I did notice that uh, Boyle Sports and Rebet have got some penalty prices uh, marked up already, and they're around the, the two to one. Sorry, twenty one to ten actually uh, in the game that I checked. So might still be some value if you shop around, and again, it might be worth a wee accumulator in some of the games. And if you can be selective about which teams get awarded penalties and stuff like that, you could probably rack up quite a lucrative accumulator and it might give you a wee bit of a run for your money but we are going to have a quick look at a couple of games um, first one being Everton v Brighton um, personally I think this looks very much like a home win I think I've always thought momentum is a huge thing in football and one club that's got some serious momentum at the moment is Everton, Carlo Ancelotti's gone in there and made a huge difference to that club um, he's added in a 
cracking looking couple of signings over the summer and they've made a really good start to the season they host Brighton on Saturday who themselves have actually when you look at their results they're unbeaten away from home and eight um, so something's kind of got to give on Saturday but I just think Everton will be too strong for them at Goodison Park Yeah I think um, if there's one club this season in the English Premiership who you think not a surprise package but who could be looking to kind of break into that top six Everton are definitely one of them. That's strong um, stuff. I think it's definitely the big dunk. <laughs> big dunk's got the, the strikers scoring lots of goals. Um, so never mind Ancelotti. We'll give all the credit to big dunk and Ferguson. Well, I'm not going to argue with them. <laughs> um, so Everton are 7-10 to 10 or thereabouts to win in Saturday. It's a wee bit too short. But if you... If you fancy back in Everton to win and over one and a half goals, it takes it to 11 to 10. I was looking for an Everton in the corners angle, but it's still a wee bit early for the bookies. Not many of them have got that priced up in a bet builder. Um, since Ancelotti's gone in there, Everton have lost six out of 24, but five of those have been away from home. So he's actually turned Goodison into a bit of a fortress. Their only defeat that they've suffered at Goodison under Ancelotti was in the final game of the season against Bournemouth, when Bournemouth were desperately trying to stay up. Um, so I'll kind of forgive them that one. Other than that, they've won six and drawn six. And yeah, they look at what they don't they going forward now? Everton. They, they do, which is not. Yeah, it's not something. No, it's not something you could have levelled at them. Um, so as I say, I think they look a good bet to win. It's just trying to find a wee bit of an angle um, to get over the seven to ten odds. So from my point of view, I'm going to back Everton to win and to to be over one and a half goals in the game at eleven to ten, maybe at three six five. And did you check Everton to score two on that bet? Yeah, exact same price. Exact same price. <clears throat> yeah. Looking yeah. at that one, isn't it? And I think yeah. we've done that quite a few times this season in terms of the angle of a home team just a little bit too short to back as a single. But mm-hmm. if you do over 1.5 match goals, then it gives you that even money shot, doesn't it? And I think yeah. that's a really nice angle for this game. Yeah, so that'll be my bet over the weekend. Um, and you also wanted to touch on Leeds v Man City, which, <laughs> based on what we've just discussed, should have goals all over it. Yeah, there's, it's difficult to oppose goals in this game. I think the fact that over 2.5 goals is 4-11 to 11, sums that up. But I think I posted on Twitter on was it last night, actually, that the Liverpool-Arsenal game is 1-2 over mm-hmm. 2.5 goals, which I, found, which I found to be actually really good. Yeah, um, I mean, that's is that not the, like the most goals... Ever fixture, sorry, that's really bad English, but the game with the most goals in the Premier League's history is uh, Liverpool v Arsenal, so I can see why that was as short as 1-2, but, but as I you think, say... I, I think what the two was actually really good. <clears throat> yeah, well, it was in within 40 minutes, 35 yeah, minutes. compare that to 4-11 for Leeds v uh, Man City. Obviously, mm. Man City were battered uh, by Leicester last weekend. I'm not sure how much of an injury crisis they've got. I know they're missing <clears> lots of players, Man City. Yeah. Uh, but... The way Leeds have played so far this season, um, in terms of their two games so far, the two games have played Leeds. Yeah, four three one and a four three defeat. Yeah, so they they can score goals, but they're shipping goals right, left, and centres. And I think Man City will exploit that. But with home advantage, um, and you wouldn't trust Man City's defence. I think defensively they look really frail, and that was kind of called upon when Leicester scored five against them last weekend. So I think in this game here, over 3.5 goals, I think you're still getting even money, possibly 11 to 10 uh, for this one. Uh, so that's possibly an angle to look at for this game as well. Yeah, so we should also add that Leeds won 1-0 um, at Sheffield United at the weekend. But um, 
yeah, you'd expect this one to be quite an open game, plenty of plenty of chances in two teams. I think any match involving Sheffield United <laughs> automatically means it's going to be nil nil. <laughs> or 1-0 for someone yeah we'll score in one uh, so yeah it was just really to flag up the fact that we think there might be goals in this one I think you're going to have a closer look at that near the weekend and, and put that up on uh, the private channel yeah so we're pretty organised this week it's only Tuesday night um, obviously the Scottish games has kind of forced our hand a little bit but it's worked out quite well there's no Belarusian games this week so there'll be no Belarusian tips we've provided all of our Scottish games tonight Tuesday and that was shared in the channel this afternoon. So it gives us an opportunity to, one, focus on Nor- Norwegian games. I think we've already got a couple of games lined up for the weekend in Norway. And mm-hmm. we'll be recording the Norwegian podcast either tomorrow or Thursday. And what it does give us, it gives us a little bit of time to potentially look at some of the English leagues now that have returned, um, especially the Premiership, and try and find some decent angles in those leagues as well. Yep. Um, so... I think that's just covered everything for this week. Can you just give us a wee recap then of your bets for the podcast? Yeah, so in terms of the the channel bets, um, they'll be from the Kilmarnock Motherwell match and Hibs v Hamilton. But in terms of the treble, it's Mirren three corners, Motherwell four corners, Dundee United four corners. And that is a 74 treble with Skybet. Okay, and I'm going to stick my neck on the line and back Celtic to one to nil at five to six. And go with Everton and over one and a half goals at eleven to ten at Bet three six five. Okay, so that's us for this week. Ed, as Greg says, don't miss our Norwegian podcast with David David Weatherston, which will be available in the next twenty four hours or so. Um, and there'll be plenty of tips for Elite Seren and Overs League in, in that this weekend. Don't forget you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning eighty four Greg. And if you want to follow Greg's nap and his other best bets for the weekend, then make sure you join Greg's Telegram channel where he posts his best bets daily. Just visit gambler.co.uk for all the details on how to sign up there. That's us for this week's edition of the podcast. Best of luck with your bets this weekend, Greg, and good luck to all our listeners. Yes, thank you and good luck. <laughs>